Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of the Shift Spot. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I specialize in helping visionaries achieve breakout results and scale with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, and we believe our knowledge, skill set, and support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests. So go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. Hey, everybody, it's Winter with the Shift Spotlight, and today we are here with Colin Sandberg. He is the founder and visionary of FinElevate.com, which we are going to get into what FinElevate is. But before we do, um, let's start off with a little bit of fun. Why don't you share with us an interesting fact about you that maybe people don't really know about you? Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you, I have a an executive MBA. I went back to business school, even as an entrepreneur, which is a little bit unusual, but far more unusual is that I actually don't have a bachelor's degree, even though I have an MBA. So yeah, I, it's kind of a long story, but um, coming out of high school, I wasn't really on the go away to college track at that yeah. point in my life. And once I kind of got my life together and uh, met someone who had actually gone through a similar path. He had an associate's degree and was able right. to, to convince a school and it, it inspired me. And I basically hounded this executive MBA program until they agreed to let me in as long as I could take the GMAT and do well enough. And, and so here I am, I have a master's degree, I have no bachelor's degree. That is a very interesting fact. <laughs> you know, that's really cool. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, so why don't you tell us at a high level what it is that you do? Well, uh, are you talking about my my newest venture or just me in general? Yeah, let's talk about your newest venture. Or okay, if you great. want to talk about you in general, we can do that too. Well, I can I can touch on the me in general. So I, I'm a multi business owner. Um, I've been in entrepreneurship for over 20 years, um, starting with my very first business, which is a whole other story. But um, once I got to the point where I had multiple businesses, I, I kept uh, as more of a financial entrepreneur, which I think is kind of a a bit of an oddity, a bit of a rare case that I always had that financial focus. Most entrepreneurs are much more focused around sales or they're, they're passionate about their product. And I just always gravitated for whatever reason to the financial side. And, um, and so when I had multiple businesses, I was always trying to handle the financial part of those businesses, it kind of um, think of it like a home office or, you know, just kind of a, a holding company kind of approach. Right. And I just, I couldn't add any value. And so what I realized was that's just a very common thing that even me being a financially oriented business owner wasn't going to add value of just doing the basics of bookkeeping. Right. And so when I finally figured out that formula, I started FinElevate, which is my, my newest venture. I'm really excited about because I love being around other entrepreneur groups, uh, whether it's masterminds or just one-on-one -on -one with entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so this gave me a path to help entrepreneurs in a way that I'd always help my friend network, um, mm -hmm. but also be in this, in this area that I'm passionate about, which is business finance. So we do the day-to-day -day book, bookkeeping for companies, but we don't stop there. In fact, that's the, the boring part that we don't like to talk about a lot. Right. We also jump into actually helping them with the financial side of their business. So, um, you know, helping whether their goal is to grow or to make more money or improve cash flow or exit their business, we start with their goal and then we basically build a custom playbook to help them actually achieve that goal. 
So like, for example, if you were running somebody's books and, you know, helping them and then they, they said right now, Hey, look, cash is getting a little tight in a year. Sales aren't coming through right now. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to fire some people because I, I need to rein this in. You can actually take a look at everything there. And instead of saying, Hey, wait, don't go fire these people. If you were to adjust this, do that, move this, then you could actually keep those people, which is going to save you X dollars down the road than having to rehire them kind of a deal. Right. Exactly. So to that point, we're going to help evaluate that, but we're also going to be kind of that check engine light before the business owner would ever get to the point where they say, I need to, I need to let people go. We would have been having that conversation leading up to that. Right. Um, Because we're going to see those same warning signs and we're, we're going to be actively working on what that goal is. So that's an interesting way to approach things. How do you get business owners who are typically control freaks and typically, you know, unable to let go of things to give you access to the thing that they're probably most protective of. Yeah. To your point, I think, you know, most business owners have, there's kind of a fear and anxiety maybe when it comes to their money and it may be a lack of, of confidence that they, they don't know everything about the, the financial side of their business and they know how significant it is. And that's really, really common, especially with a more visionary entrepreneur. We work with a lot of digital marketing firms that are creative types. And so right. they're the, the picture perfect for kind of what you're describing. And, right. and I think it really starts with, again, we're started by a business owner who owns multiple businesses. This is from the business owner's perspective is how we do everything. It is not a CPA firm or just accounting nerds who are kind of ruling the day uh, right. in, our, in our setup. We're really much more focused around like supporting that business owner. And I think when a business owner really feels like somebody's got their back instead of just their handout to them, they really start to relax and feel like, okay, this is actually value added. And so that's, that's been our mantra from the beginning, even in our, you know, quote unquote sales call, it, we're giving you value. Like if, wow. if I can't give you value, I don't want us to connect period. And yeah. so we, that's and the way we look at it. I do think that's an interesting twist because it's like, for me, I don't like sharing, talking, getting advice from people that are making less money than me. <laughs> and and I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way, sure. but if you're not at my level as a financial planner, if you're not at my level or doing better than me, I'm going to have a real hard time trusting with you. But when you can say, hey, look, I'm a business owner. I know exactly the struggles you go with, go through, and I can you know help you not from my knowledge standpoint, but also from being in your shoes, that's a really different conversation than, hey, if you do this, you can save X on your taxes, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so interesting. You called yourself a visionary and a founder. I find that very, very few business owners call themselves visionaries, um, know what that is. And so I'm curious, like, what or why would, why do you consider yourself a visionary? So, you know, in part we run, uh, we run EOS, I'm a big I proponent of, e- yeah, mm-hmm. big proponent of EOS and EOS, uh, clarifies that, that terminology around visionary, right. Is, right. is, um, many business owners kind of fit that criteria, but to your point, I think it comes down to really having a, a, a view and a strategy and maybe a different take on things than most people do. Mm-hmm. And so when I created this business, I mean, I literally kind of created this business out of thin air with a vision for a better way to do things, right? I mean, I've tried every way possible to solve this problem of how to add value through accounting. 
And even though I was passionate about accounting, I couldn't do it. I mean, we tried small firm, big firm, 1099 employee. I did it myself. I mean, every different way you could go about it. It kept coming back to the same result. And so I created a vision that, you know, kind of if you build it, they will come a little bit concept around. I was saying we're going to, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was saying we're going to add value through this process, even before I knew how on earth we would deliver that. Right. Um, and, and I think the way we've come up with is actually really, uh, really cool. So yeah, that's why. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, so as entrepreneurs and CEOs, we, we screw up a lot. Um, there's, there's no, uh, shame in admitting that, but before we get into your screw ups, let's talk about something that you did right, whether it was known or unknown along your entrepreneurial journey. Does it could be in any one of your companies, but like you, you might not have even known you did it right until on the other side of it, like, wow, that really worked. <laughs> Give us something yeah. something positive before we deep dive into the negative. <laughs> yeah, well, and and so like I'm a huge believer also. I agree with you. A uh, huge believer we screw up almost everything before we get it right. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times the the greatest wins come on the heels of some of our biggest losses. And so yes. for me, the the positive one I'll give you is that out of out of necessity in my first business, which was a turnaround, I started obsessing over making money off every deal we touched. And so Mm -hmm. that was like my mantra was do not bring me, you know, a deal that we can't make money on. It's just a non-starter to me. And so whether it was a quote. And so back in those days, a little old school and I was in an old school business. They had, we had literal manila folders with like a quote in it and the manila folder with the order. Right. right Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yep. They're still alive (laughs) and well, I got some of my drawer. Um, And so we, it was like, bring me the manila folder and we're going to obsess over, you know, how can we make this cheaper? How can we buy it cheaper? How can we sell it for more? I mean, it was just the basics of blocking and tackling, but it ingrained that in my company so deeply that our margins went from the low thirties to the low Mm sixties in a matter of about five years of just grind, but it wasn't, we're going to make one big change and up margins 30%. It was an absolute grind. And so- That obsession, I think when companies get into a growth mode or get into some good times, they, that falls by the wayside and we start getting what I kind of call fat and happy. You know, we start yeah. getting that uh, behavior that's like, oh, this is so good. I can be I can be lazy and get away with it. And so that was that was a great thing that I learned early on was really grind it out and obsess over, you know, profitability at the smallest level leads to profitability at the biggest level. Right, right, right. So then what are your goals for the next two to five years? Like where where are you growing? What are your plans? So the big thing for FinElevate is we're really well aligned with, again, I mentioned EOS. I'm obsessive about that. We've got a number of different EOS professional implementers that we're kind of talking to and figuring out how do we do this to add maximum value in that EOS context. So in EOS, they call it the finance seat. How are we supporting or sitting in the finance seat for our clients and helping them with that common language, because I think what's so great about EOS and I think where finance falls short a lot of times in most companies, EOS connects the whole team into a common language. It gets everyone pulling in the same direction. And a lot of times that business owner who doesn't know how to share the financial part of their business Mm -hmm. creates that same limitation that EOS addresses, which is no one else in their business knows if they're making money or not, knows if this order is right. profitable or not. And so by, by definition, you've got, you know, the bulk of your team is not really on the same page. And so yeah. we fight hard to figure out how to do that for our clients. And so growing that connection with EOS is a big passion of mine. We're also big with Strategic Coach. I'm a member of uh, 10X Strategic Coach, which is um, basically an entrepreneur's organization for training and development of the entrepreneur themselves. 
yeah. help get the best out of them. And so yep. that's also, you know, why we focus so much on goals for our clients. Like, I, I don't want to just help you generically by saying, you know, hey, make more money and grow. It's like, what's your goal? Is your goal to exit? Because if so, right. we got to put certain things in place to where you're ready for that. Right, right, right. So you're, you're bringing it up. So let's let's dive into it. The EOS, how long have you been running it? So for across all of our companies, about five years, um, but each company is on a different journey. And I'll tell you, even as a business owner, I've got, you know, companies where we're doing professional implementation. I've got customers where we've got outsiders doing a semi-professional implementation. Uh, you also probably uh, slap my hand if they hear me say that, but, you know, an outsider who's basically implementing yeah. it for ourselves. But, um, yeah. and then we've got companies that are doing it for ourselves. And, and I'll tell you with, with uh, Finelevate, I created the business plan. The original vision for it was a VTO, which is EOS's uh, tool that basically vision, maps out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And that was the very first thing I created was I created a VTO and got on the same page there with my business partner and then said, Hey, you know, how, how do we go find the person who can run this company day to day? And this is what we're using to explain to them what we're trying to accomplish. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I'm a fan of EOS. Uh, my partner, Ken, he, you know, has, he's an, he's an integrator um, with what he does at GCE Strategic Consulting. And um, the thing that, and why we created the shift spot and um, what we've kind of learned is EOS does provide some great foundational tools, but the one thing EOS doesn't seem to account for is the people side of things and the human behavior. And you need the right people and the right butts in the seats in order for EOS to work or else you can spin your wheels on it. Just like any operating system. It doesn't matter a scaling up, a EO, it doesn't matter, you know, so you just got to have the right butts and seats. So, so tell us how many employees do you have? Um, around a hundred across all companies, maybe a little mm -hmm. less than that. Um, okay. And so as you've scaled your business, what have been the challenges that have taken you by surprise with that many staffers? Oh, my goodness. So to your point, <laughs> and, and I agree with you 100%. What I love about EOS, I'll just say real quick, is that EOS is a framework. It's nothing mm -hmm. more than a framework. And to your point, versus like a scaling up, I thought scaling up is brilliant. I think the content in it, the, the strategies, the tactics are amazing. The problem is that it's overwhelming to many uh, members of your team. And so... Mm -hmm. Uh, EOS is kind of a stripped down. It is just the framework around like, here's how we operate that uh, that's right. common language. Mm -hmm. But to your point, it doesn't really solve those problems. It just kind of gives you a framework through which you can help solve them if you have the know-how for your team and all the things you're describing. Um, the team would be a, a, a really obvious one to me. So the, the way you run a six to eight person company versus a 15 person company versus a 25 person company versus a 50 person company is dramatically different. And right. I think that for most entrepreneurs, especially if you're in your first uh, first gig running a company, you hit those ceilings and you don't realize that the problem is you, right? Yes. You start doing the whole like, you know, it's that guy and it's that lady and what are they doing? You know, they did the wrong thing. If they just would have been on board with the vision, then this wouldn't have happened. And, you know, you're sitting there pointing. And like when you're pointing at somebody, there's always a finger coming right back at you, but you just never see it. <laughs> exactly. And that's what it really takes, right? Is you you almost, I mean, I, I kind of always describe it as like, you have to go through a true like evolutionary process as a CEO, as an owner. If you're running your company. Down for sure. Yeah, you have to, you have to really dig deep and ask yourself, because to me, the kind of like, you know, hey, we're all on this team together, platoon leader, kind of like, let's charge up the hill thing that works at six or eight people. 
starts falling on deaf ears at 15 when you've got a number of people you're not working with every day. Right. They don't see you for that side of you. And so when you go out and do that, they think, oh, this is just somebody trying to get me to work harder, you know? Yeah. And so the, the, the way you lead and the, and the a way you approach your team, and, and I would argue for, for uh, businesses, the same thing on the finance side. So yeah. the, the way you're able to, you know, when you're, hey, you're a, a half million dollar year company, you could probably run your business, you think, out of your, your checking account and you're fine. Right. And maybe you are, but if you start to hit a growth phase, okay, how do you justify hiring the next people? Or if you hit a downturn, like you were talking about earlier, right. how do you address that, right? How do you look at that? It starts to get way heavier than, hey, we're doing well, we got money in the bank. So then as a leader and a visionary, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, I, what? believe it or not, um, I think COVID did amazing things. So my first company is in the airport space. That was a total decimation type of event for uh, companies like ours. We luckily survived it. You know, we're a 28-year-old company, a 27-year-old company. But um, that that gave me a new appreciation. And I, I went back to the well for a book that I'm obsessed with, which is called The Obstacles, The Way by Ryan Holiday. If you haven't read it, highly recommend it. It's basically stoicism and mindset around almost realizing, like I said, the, the greatest wins come on the heels of our biggest losses. It's like I say, from the rubble of our failures, we build our success. And so that changed my mind going through that deep of a, of a challenge and made me just really love and appreciate the process. And so what keeps me up at night, believe it or not, is the opportunities, like excited about the next thing. I don't, sweat the the struggles as much as I used to. It's not to say that they don't weigh on me, they do on everyone, but yeah. I kind of put them in their place and I realize that like, I don't maybe understand it yet, but that's going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that about COVID and it was, it was like everything I'm doing now and Finelevate, a lot of my business model theory that I'm kind of always working on, all of that came from those struggles. And without those, I'd be just kind of coasting along thinking that, you know, the businesses we were in and the way we were looking at things made sense and was right. And right. it, so anyway, so that, that for me, I mean, believe it or not, I have a hard time going to sleep because I'm getting so excited about marketing and about the different ways to, you know, take our message and get it out there to the world. Right, right, right. You've mentioned several times in this discussion, you know, coach, mentor, mastermind, what specific quality? I mean, obviously, we're huge components, proponents of that at the shift spot. That's, you know, we we help coach up your leadership team so that you yep. can help them get to that next level. So the CEO can be doing what they want and they can be having the time and freedom that they wanted to without having to, um, you know, sometimes feel like an imposter trying to elevate their team when sometimes they don't even know how to do it, you know, because yep. they might have had this great idea. And then all of a sudden you're growing people. But like, you know, it's it's a it's a hard day to look at yourself and say, hey, look, I don't know how to lead or I don't know how to manage. But the reality yep. is, is like the second you're able to do that, that's kind of, you know, where everything turns around. That's where we step in, honestly. But when you say, you know, masterminds, this and that, what what qualities do you look for in a coach or in an advisor? Well, I think, you know, I've I've done that before, right? I've had business coaches, I've done mastermind groups that both have founded or attended. Um, to your point, I, I would say in a coach, I want somebody who's going to be candid with me above all. Mm -hmm. In other words, they need to tell me if I'm not doing well at something. And so I actually right. had a business coach I worked with for a long time, somebody I really admire, love the guy. He was great. 
but I remember we, we got to kind of a stage after several years and I said, Hey, what, what could I be doing? And he said, well, let me think on that. And he came back and he kind of didn't have an answer. And I said, I, I think we're done. You know, we've I outgrown I, each other, which yeah. you do outgrow your coach absolutely. <laughs> your all the time. So. Absolutely. As well as, you know, peers, right. I mean, we're going yeah. different paths and we, you know, and that's, that's one of the struggles, but I think whether it's a mastermind group uh, peer or, or someone who is, who I'm bringing into our mastermind group, we're kind of in that phase right now of bringing in some new people to a mastermind group that I founded and basically help run. And it's like, if you can't be candid, if you cannot come in here and tell us the good, the bad and the ugly, I don't have time for that. I mean, as an entrepreneur, we're all busy. Like if we're not kind of cutting to the chase and getting to the raw heart of it, then, then we're just really wasting each other's times. And Hey, we have to get to know each other and get comfortable and get, you know, we have to grow to like each other and all of those things are great. Mm-hmm. But, and that's, that's really the, the realness of it is part of what we're trying to do in Fin Elevate as well is like, I can't just blow smoke for you. Yeah. And I also can't just beat up on you and then hand you a list of to do's. There's gotta be some middle ground where we have to be real and say, but I, but, but don't worry, like we're going to jump on this. Yeah. Gotcha. So if you had to do it all over again, speaking to a younger <laughs> self, a less experienced self, what, what, what would your advice be to you? Oh my goodness. Um, I, I, I think the, the part I talked about in, in, you know, that I learned from COVID, it would be don't obsess over the losses as much as, as you do learn from them. And, mm-hmm. and, and I call that the turn. I talk about like when, you know, when you have that moment of panic, which we all do when something yeah. bad has happened, and then eventually we all come and I ask this question, like, can you tell me the greatest things that have ever happened to you? And can you tie them back to the, something bad that you thought would never end? Right. And we all can say that that's happened. Mm-hmm. And so once we can acknowledge that intellectually, it's like when in that emotional state can that turn happen and you go, wait a minute, I don't understand it yet, but something great will come from this. I have to just have the belief that it will. And so I call that moment the turn. And so I've gotten to where I would, I would tell my younger self, get to the turn faster. Yeah. Because you know, when you're, when you're inexperienced or you're just in that highly emotional state or the loss is that big, sometimes it's months or even years, people struggle in that. And, you know, and I think that when you're in that mode, or like, do you ever watch suits by chance? Oh yeah. I'm watching it now like everybody else. Yeah. You know, the thing that I don't get about that show is that like they come in and they like throw the thing on down. They're like, you owe me, you know, you owe me. And then it'll flash back to something that happened. And it's like somebody got a case that, you know, this person thinks they should have gotten. I don't have the career that I have because you got that case 30 years ago. And like I literally said to my husband, like last night, I'm like, I just don't see how people sit in that sort of like loss for 40 years or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. so it is one of those things where I call it fail fast, right? Or or failing forward. You know, I, I've always said, I, I don't believe that you fail at anything that you give 100% to or that you learn something from. But right now, my biggest thing and what we're doing is, you know, fail fast. If it doesn't work, let it happen fast so that you can make quick shifts, you know, whatever. It's that, you know, st- stewing in it, staying in it, analyzing it, you know, it's just taking action. And like, I promise if you do anything for long enough, something's going to come out the other side. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I believe that. I've always said you, we either win or we learn, right? Right. And the further into my career I get, the more I realize the learning is actually more valuable than the winning. That's the crazy oh, yeah. part. Once you yeah. recognize that and you go, wait a minute, 
And the bigger the failure, the bigger the lesson, right? So yeah. it's like, okay, as long as I survive it, this is going to be the best thing that's ever happened. And so far, luckily, we always survived any challenges we face. But, you know, I think to your point, it's the the give up kind of mentality that ultimately kills you. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So in wrapping up, where where are you going to be investing your resources in the next year? Investing my resources, well, beyond learning, like I said, which is really my obsession. I mean, that's why uh, I'm so involved with with some of these different groups and things that I do. That's where I invest a lot of my time. Mm -hmm. uh, connecting with other entrepreneurs, collaborating on interesting things because I can learn so much from somebody else's unique take on the world. Um, and then really just investing a ton of time into growing Fin Elevate. I mean, that's, that's my passion for my other companies are more or less operating day to day without me. They have CEOs. And so this is really the one where I feel like it can make a difference. And don't get me wrong, we're all in business to make money. There's no question yes. that's part of it. Um, I wouldn't be doing, be a good steward of my company, advising other companies about their finances if we couldn't make money. Right. But I'm really excited about what we're doing and, and what it can help other companies with because they mm -hmm. want to fulfill their dreams, right? And, and right now I know a lot of them are being held back by their finances. So I'm super passionate about that. And the thing is too that, when you are doing something that you love, like as a successful business owner, yes, you start out to make money, but then it, that it comes up, you know, eh, is that all there is, you know, kind of yeah. thing, yeah. you know, it's the, you get the car, mm, is that all there is like for, for a week or two or a month or a year, it's like, oh my, you get in the car and you, you smell the car and you just, you just the stick shift. And then like, you know, so yep. I really do think you have to have that. It, it, it doesn't have to be your passion project and not everybody makes money on their passion projects. And I don't suggest everybody do their passion projects, but there's gotta be a deeper why for, you know, you to push because the money, it, it, it becomes less fulfilling for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Colin Sandberg, um, he can be found at finelevate.com. Do you want to leave our listeners with any, any sort of advice as we wrap up here? I would just say, you know, know your numbers, right? I mean, we talked about it, make money on every deal and, mm -hmm. and, you know, get the, get the data necessary to be able to do that. Right. You can little wins build up to big wins. And so that's, that's the uh, mantra that I always have for any of our clients. Awesome. Well, we loved having you here today and thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a service-based business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder with under 10 years of experience, and you are in the trenches of growing your idea or business, and want to bring your inspiring story of change, challenge, and success, all while promoting your business and gaining exposure with a remarkable and influential network, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can share their journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our entire audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter by going to LinkedIn and searching The Shift Spot. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world, and we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.